Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Nick. Do you feel up to the task of describing in the town all year round? I'm ready. Good, because I, I, I definitely punted. <laughs> I punted on that. <laughs> okay, In the Town All Year Round, a wonderful book, um, which you guys, the Gibsons, actually gifted to us, the Wignalls, and we have just loved this book. So I think we're both pretty excited to talk about it. Um, you, you know why uh, we gifted it? Because sending it to you in the mail is easier uh, than trying to explain what it, <laughs> what it is. This was all a ploy so that I'd be the one who had to <laughs> explain right. it on the podcast. Um, so this is a book, I think that the simplest way to describe it is it's a book about a town, a particular town, and the people, various characters in it. So, But it's structured in kind of an interesting way. It's It's divided up into four sections, and um, and I'll, I'll kind of explain how those work, but the, there's, it, it's got like repetition to it. So the first page is this kind of country house in front of a kind of a main, and then there's a main road kind of in front of it. Um, and you, it's cross-sectional. So you can see into the house and all the, the people in it and the various rooms. And then there, a lot of them kind of get into this bus and they drive down the main road. And the next page is there's the main road and all the people in the bus. And then there's like a farm and a gas station. And then the next page is there's still kind of the the road in the foreground and then there's a train station so you and the, these are all cross-sectional so you're kind of peering into the different parts of this town and the next page is sort of like a there's a a, a lot with a church behind it and there's a, um, a cultural center um, so now we're kind of getting more into the town and then the next page is like a like a classic um, sort of like town square with lots of little mom and pop shops and this big kind of open square. And then the next stage is um, like a shopping center. So you get a cross section into like a department store, um, a big kind of multi-story department store. And then the final vignette is like a park, like a town park where there's like a little coffee shop and a um, fields and a little hill and stuff like that. Um, all of these though have the, there's a road right in the foreground, um, which sort of, thematically unites them all now but that's just like i said it's divided up into four parts so you actually get each of those scenes four times and the way the book structured is each of those kind of quadrants of the book is you see the town in a different season so the first season is you run through all those scenes in winter right so you get to see what the town is like in winter then the next one is spring and then fall and then or summer and then fall uh, I should know my seasons. My preschoolers are learning their seasons. <laughs> but anyway, so that's that's kind of this. It's an interesting structure. Um, okay, I, and, I hate to I, I hate to criticize you, uh, your explanation oh, because I go for I, it. I put it on you, but but also before you get each of these, you you and maybe you were just about to get to this. You get the you get yeah. like a, a list of characters. So that's that's the first thing you see when you open up the book, is just this little list of not only characters but just sort of character scenarios so matthew goes running each morning and there's a and there's like it's like a, it's a little like character list or dramatis personae or something but it 
each of them are depicted and they've got kind of their props and their actions. And then they, and so you're, before you even see the town, you meet the people that you're supposed to follow through it. Yes. And there's a different one for each season. And there are some of the characters show up in multiple um, little preface parts, but, (laughs) but there's often new ones. Um, And so you're constantly kind of getting introduced to new characters and also sort of following old characters and these little plot lines that that come in so like one the like one of the really fun ones in the beginning is it goes through all the different characters and the very last character is this there's this uh guy in a red motorcycle suit standing in front of a bright yellow motorcycle and the caption is who is this mysterious motorcyclist so in the in the first season the motorcyclist is is in each sort of frame and so you're you're you know intrigued and you're trying to discover who it is and then at the end you you figure out who it is so yeah okay so I don't know if I completely succeeded, no, no, but no, um, no, you did a good job. You did a good job. Uh, are <laughs> you, so are you, when you read the, when you and the girls read the book are, are you pretty, like, do you follow, do you pick one or two characters in the, or do you just sort of look at the panorama of each cross section or do you do both or, um, I, I will say, um, if in, in terms of books that captivate, my kids, this has got to be up. Like if, if I'm going to, if somebody has dropped a glass and it shattered on the floor and I need to make sure that my children stay on the couch, both of them, um, this is the book that I'm picking that like just to mm-hmm. totally absorb them because they can get lost in this. And I, I feel like usually I talk about how Jack reacts to books because He's the one that really, he's three and Cordelia's one. So he's the one that has the most articulate responses, but she is very, she is very vocally involved in this book. Like she gets, she's obsessed with the cats and she makes this maniacal noise and she, whenever she, whenever she tracks them on each page, but they are definitely very, each of them picks one and then they follow them. And then I'm very familiar with what those characters are doing, but if, the ones that they don't pick, I feel like I, there's a lot about the town that I don't know about. So somebody will be describing the book and I'm like, Oh, is that, that's that, that goes on. And I'm just, cause I'm laser focused on like whatever Emma or Susie is doing. Mm. And, and I, and I've, and I've, and they, they like to choose the same characters over and over again. But how, how do you, how do you guys, uh, like, yeah, so I, I, we, we, we sort of take a, like kind of a hybrid approach. I think, I, I think we're generally pretty loose, like not super invested in the stories, but especially the first few times we read it, it was all about, um, like in, in winter, one of the storylines is Cassie, the cat, and she shows up in every frame. So you have to find Cassie, right? So it's the, the two books I think that, um, or the two series that you, you, that come up when you think of this book are it's, it's got a little bit, it's got the like look and find thing of Waldo, you know, it's kind of like the Waldo books and you can just look at a page and you can, you can, you know, you know, you got to find Cassie the cat or you got to find the bird. And, but it's also got some of the, a lot of cars and trucks and things that go yeah. in it. it. It's got the, the sort of continued storylines and sort of subplots and, and recurring characters in very different kind of wackadoodle context <laughs> yeah i think that that's probably the most common comparison and also the fact that it's it's hard to know how to proceed like when you just open up and it's so busy it's hard to know i mean with with cars and trucks and things that go you you can maybe 
the, the pigs are really the, the protagonists maybe, but a lot of his other books, it's just a, a hodgepodge of like activity. Right. And that's the same with this one. So maybe it helps you to orient yourself around a particular character, but it can be hard to find the characters. And they might not be on any particular page, which is super frustrating. Um, <laughs> I am terrible at it. Like Chelsea used to play this game with me just in life, which I call it, it wasn't really, but she, but she would be like, okay, close your eyes and say like what color each person is wearing in the room. And I would have no, I would have no idea. Oh. And so I have a, ter- so whenever we play this, I have to go back and check now is like Susie wearing a, like a, a green shirt or what is it? And, and I thought that I could track her by her hat, but at some point she loses her hat. So I've got to know what she looks like without a hat. So I've got to find some other feature to, 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 to recognize her by. And my kids just expect me to know where all these people are. <laughs> so they go, I can't find her. Where, where, where is she? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's not on this page. And then inevitably they find her before I do. And then it's like, I can't, why would, why did you not tell, why did you lie to me about Susie not being on this page? And okay. I didn't recognize her without her hat, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting because clearly you guys, or at least your kids, maybe not you, um, definitely seem to be more into the the particular narratives than my right. kids. Well, that's why, that, that, that's why I was, that's why I jumped all over you for, for not beginning with the characters. Cause we're very much, <laughs> um, into, into the character. And, and also sometimes, uh, and, and maybe this is just an effect of, uh, the, 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 the quarantine situation, but Jack will rename some of the characters. So they come with names like Emma, Michael, and, and, and then he will rename them. And, and two of the characters in there, he named like a mother and child. So his, maybe his best friend is, uh, is Iggy Junker, who is, a you know, who's uh, like almost three. So a peer of his, and so he's named, there'll be multiple Iggy's. There'll be Mama Iggy and regular Iggy, which is really sweet and touching. But then I've got to track, you know, these people and, and it's a different name that Jack has assigned them. So yeah, everything is, everything is very, uh, everything is very character driven. And the fact that sometimes they're not in every, every page, like that, that really, that, that really drives me bonkers. Sends you spiraling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. We um and maybe it's because we like we we really dove into this when when you guys first gave it to us probably for a good month and a half like we were reading this every night probably. Um but it's been since we reorganized our um our children's book library, it's been in a different season. So the kids haven't oh. seen it for a while. So it would be interesting now that they're 6 months older when we come back to it, maybe they will be more kind of character driven with it. But up to this point, it's been more it's felt more like a, like a Waldo book, kind of just like exploring what's going on and, and maybe looking for particular things. Right. Um, I, I will say that uh, we haven't talked about this in a while. I think we, we talked about what it was like to hear other people perform going on a bear hunt and, and, and mm. kind of the delights of eavesdropping on other people and, and noticing the difference in rhythms from the way that we do it. Um, I really enjoy eavesdropping on other people, uh, grapple, unsuspecting people <laughs> grapple with this book if they don't know what's in store for them. And maybe some of that's just because I'm so bad at it. So <laughs> when they can't find Susie, I'm like, Shut oh, you're going to, like, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Chloe might be a little bit beyond you. I'd, I'd maybe go with Emma. <laughs> Emma's easier to find. She's got skates. So just a uh, pro tip. <laughs> so, stick 
I'm gonna. The, uh, Chloe's Chloe's pretty advanced, so. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's it's sort of a projective. Te- it tells you something about the adult uh, reading it, whether they right. take a more, whether they're more structured with it and, and really like read the little vignettes at the beginning and kind of faithfully follow through and do do all the little assignments or whether they just kind of casually like look through it and do whatever they want with it. Yeah, and I think one thing that's great about this book is my kids can, and, and the, the, the pages bear that, testament of this they can just flip around and they, they just study it sometimes and yeah. you can so, sometimes when uh, I'm reading a book and like like this and I don't I, I, I'm unsure how to proceed like I, I don't know should I should I just read what's what, what the text is should I describe some of these things like what what are my kids going to care about Sometimes they have like questions and they're asking me about stuff, but sometimes with this, I can, I can kind of pause and maybe this is, this is going to bring down some judgment on me from my parents. So maybe, maybe I get a text or maybe even a, a work email <laughs> or something on my phone while, I, while I'm in, in the town all year round and sorry that I'm not devoted enough of a parent, but I'll glance down at it and it is enough that they can they can be occupied. They'll like, they'll find nice. things to not sort of like gaze at and they're, they're doing their own independent research on the page while I'm momentarily distracted. I think, I actually think that's great. I mean, I think, it, I think it's good that kids kind of are sort of weaned off of the very directive kind of bedtime reading routine. And that sometimes they get books where they kind of take control and just sort of do whatever without, Right. A lot of parental input. So you go ahead and check some work emails while you're reading them. <laughs> right. yeah. thanks, thanks for that validation. That's why we have these like, these sessions. It's just for you to tell me. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm doing an okay you're job. You're doing parenting. fine, buddy. You're doing fine. <laughs> it's um, a, you know, really, it's either, it's either they just open up drawers and empty the contents on the ground like in quick succession while I check a work email or it's, they, they stare at it. <laughs> in the town all year round. So speaking of parent-child interactions, the other thing this book really reminds me of is the movie The Royal Tenenbaums. Um, and I don't know if you got that, but I, it has something to do with the, I mean, I think a lot of Wes Anderson movies generally, but especially The Royal Tenenbaums, it, it feels like the movie is cross-sectional almost. Yeah, it, It's I like agree. he's literally taking chainsaws to buildings and just sort of like <laughs> chopping them half and like you kind of like peer in and watch all these little sort of micro stories and characters happening and you sort of follow one little strand for a while and then it, it goes away and you follow another little strand and, and they've got uh, these, these, those kind of, you know, ensemble casts and yeah. honestly, um, uh, even some of the outfits that they wear, yes. like the Matthews running outfit running is, is definitely something straight out of the, the Royal Tenenbaum's wardrobe. Right. Uh, yeah. And, they're all uh, like quirky, but also curated. Mm-hmm. Like, like so, everything is. These people are like they're such oddballs, but that doesn't uh, keep them from being very carefully and precisely staged, like, right. a, like a Wes Anderson movie. That that, that seems that that seems similar too. Yeah, and it it also feels like a, a lot of. Wes Anderson movies feel like they feel like odes to things 
So like yeah. Rushmore is kind of like an ode to like high school and, and that, you know, and th- this, this book really is. Well, well the, the, the criticism of Wes Anderson is that they're, they're odes to a, I don't know. I think the criticism of Wes Anderson <laughs> is that they're odes to a very particular type of high school experience. Like that's sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this kind of, you know, prepping the, the clubs, the, but yeah, but yeah, but go on. But so what's, what's this an ode to? Well, it, it, to me, it feel it's very um, it's a very joyful ode to um, I, I don't know how to describe to community living, <laughs> if that's not too vague, but like to like what it means to be to live in and like participate in a town and, and sort of like city life, like urban life. I don't know it, it when you hear that phrase like urban life, you you think of like. I don't know. I, I the images that come into my head are sort of like downtown New York and like some people, you know, really kind of intense and and, and very uh, industrial. But this is this has a much more like it, it makes you think that living in you know in a big in a town in a city can feel can also feel like living in a small town where everybody kind of knows each other and there's everybody kind of enjoys being around each other and it's. It, yeah, just well, Nick, that's that's because it, it's very European. It's it's a more European sensibility of towns. Before when, when people could, everybody walks to things. No, but let me push back on that a little bit. So yeah. they where so that there, there's a weird like the so you start as you in your uh, well executed summary oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> of the book. You start in in this house, which. Uh, that, that's that's the first section, the cross section that you see. Yep, kind of out in the country. There's no other yeah, but well, that's the, that's that's the thing is because at first you think, well, what a bizarre like country house, but it's kind of like a a three. I think that it's you think this is all one household. No. To me, it looks it's, it's like a, a three. It's a, it's a three flat. I think. Yep. I lived in Chicago for a decade, so that that's how I think of so because yep. so, every because every floor has it has like a kitchen. And a and a like a bedroom and a living. So there, there's there's set they're discrete living quarters. Yes. But it but it's yep. but the the exterior you don't really see it. But I mean it, it it kind of the shape of it looks like some big country like I don't know house or something like, like a big like a Wes Anderson house. Yeah, like a Wes Anderson <laughs> house. Yeah. But these. So first of all, that's an odd thing that it's these people living in a three flat or like a a, a, a triplex or something like in the in the country. And then they, and then they, to, to get to the town, they pass by this, like they pass through a farm, past a farm. And then very quickly they're, 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 they're in the city. So it's like, there's a lot of like cake and eat it too. Like you get to live in sort of community, but you're still in the country. I mean, what, like what region is this in where there's these just sort of like remote three flat like apartment buildings you know, <laughs> out in the country, but very accessible. And then everybody, because, because you have to follow the characters, everybody is going into town, but very easily, you know, it seems very accessible. Even the kids are able to get in there. So, and, and that's where they do all their shopping. So it's not, you know, that it's very easy for them to get into the town. I don't know. It just, I just don't know if it holds up maybe. Mm. <laughs> and if it does, <laughs> That's where my family's going to vacation. We're gonna. That's going to be the. We're going to go to that three flat. <laughs> we're going to be close to a town, the lovely park in a idyllic town square, but also a 
a good shopping mall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I will give you that. I, I don't know that I have ever experienced a, um, a, a city like this where you can have such discrete sort of in the city and then in the country, but they they seem to be rather close together. Um, but I think the, so I, I will grant you that it doesn't totally hold together, but I think the, the bigger point is that it's about, even though it starts off in the country, the, the movement, like the dynamic of the book is about everybody moving to the town and like coming together, which if you think about it, it, it does sort of match up with at least most major American cities where most people don't actually live in the city center, but they, they live in the suburbs and they sort of come into That's right. town yeah, yeah. on a regular basis together, right? They don't, most of them don't look as cheery as all the people <laughs> In, the story, yeah. in my experience, commuting from the suburbs into their hardships. <laughs> Chloe, who is a a bear to follow, um, because she uh, she's introduced to you in a car, but then she wrecks her car, mm. like, and, and then and then is like separate from it. So that like creates a anyway. I don't want to get sidetracked there, but um, so her commute isn't great because she runs into a, like a, a signpost or something, and then has to go to the mechanic. So, so it's, it's not entirely like there are, there are un, unpleasantness and, and Michael loses his wallet when he's jogging. So, you know, there, there, mm-hmm. there, there are, there are hardships, but yeah, no, it, it is, it is generally very cheery. And even like the, even the, there's, you come in from the country, but then the final scene is in the park, which is also this sort of, right. Uh, not, not rural, but it's, it's not, it's, it's this kind of pleasant naturey scene. Um, even though it's presumably in the, in in the town yeah it could almost be like a it could almost be like central park or gate park or something like one of those really big urban parks so i think maybe maybe the way our our two kind of views come together is maybe this is a a little bit of kind of utopian fiction here it's (laughs) it's sort of getting at an ideal you know that maybe bits and pieces of it are present in certain places but it's yeah so maybe an ode isn't quite the right literary format i, I don't know what no mean. but like, you know I, I don't know why i was so like but the thing is like you i've i've experienced that living living both in suburbs and in closer to a city center and like and commuting it like doing like it doesn't like the, the three flat seems a little like, like silly to me out, out on the countryside but in general it's like kind of the spirit of it doesn't seem alien you know what this reminds me of actually is when we lived together in Chicago, yeah. this does kind of remind me of because that was utopia, man. That was, <laughs> that was the um, but no, like even the just just the the vibe. Like I feel like in Chicago, I was always walking around neighborhoods, and there'd there'd be a little like a little like polka band like playing out on the sidewalk, you know, or, or there'd be some little farmers market kind of set up, or you know, public transportation there compared to anywhere else I've ever lived was pretty like easy and not a horrifying experience <laughs> yeah chicago was great yeah that, that's no 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 argument there um I, I never encountered as many uh like their weird fishing pole lantern festivals <laughs> <laughs> but but otherwise yeah no that that seems kind of you know and and to uh, uh chicago's credit there was a lot of uh, gr- public green space also so it, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be odd to encounter um something like that, that park scene um, where you have all of a sudden there's llamas or something like in, in, in the middle of the, in the middle of the city. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you, um, do you, given how character driven your guys' approach to this uh, book is, do you have a favorite character? 
or 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 perhaps more more fun a least favorite character <laughs> okay well so any character that is easy to recognize and appears in all we've we've assured ourselves that appears in all the frames um as a household our favorite character is cassie and mm. then lucky that the cats that mm-hmm. really this like i mean i, I think Cordelia is one, so she's not available for interviews. But like, I think it's probably she's not taking to... interviews at this time. <laughs> um, but uh, well, you, you have to go through her agent. But like, <laughs> but if you if you could interview her, I think she would she would say this is like the, the cat. This is the cat book. You just yeah. you, you try and find the cat, and then at a certain point, there's kittens, and that's that that's that's the best season because it's kitten season. <laughs> so well, it's like Gabriella still calls cars and trucks and things that go gold bug bug, right yeah Uh, yeah. (laughs) okay so so we'll go with kathy cassie for you guys i'm i'm a matthew man myself i I just i just really see myself in matthew (laughs) in in another like 30 years you know (laughs) unless depressed i was gonna say i see myself in him now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no i mean i hope i've got a snazzy uh you know, tracksuit and just kind of <laughs> jogging around town <laughs> all season that, long. That dream can be yours. You too can just put on a like a tracksuit and, and and lose your wallet and have to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about um, how about a favorite season? Well, once like, again, cat cat driven. So whenever, hmm. so uh, I think fall is when there's kittens. So obviously that's the best time of year. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So related to that, the the cover image is, I, I think it's springtime from the uh, like city center, the city square. Um, yeah. Do you do you do you call do you call it things like I, in my in my head? There's like mall scene, and then there's like train station scene, and like city square. Yeah, you, I think I do that in my head. Um, but yeah, but yeah, go but go on. Well, do you, what's the most appropriate? Um, sort of season and locale for the cover they chose spring in the city center do you think that's the most appropriate one or would you have chosen something different oh i think that's that's good i mean like no matter what your favorite season is i think it's generally agreed that spring is like the prettiest i mean even if you even if you have a a fondness for like a still snowy evening where like (laughs) snow how did you know, ben? <laughs> That's right. Or like summertime, like hanging out, like, I don't know, but like, but in terms of like, if you're going to pick like a picturesque, like, like when is, when is like, like what's the, the, the season that you're going to like, you know, like be, be the face of all, all, all the seasons. I think it's going to be spring, right? Hmm. Unless you're like maybe in Connecticut or something and then like you're like the fall or something, but. I, I do like the fall one in this one. There's just a lot of there's a band in the fall and there's people dancing in the in the city square. So I'm, I'm yeah. Well, I mean, to the, uh... yeah. I mean, in a town like this, th- there's really no bad time to be <laughs> in the town. Well, the, the book is called "In the Town All Year Round," so it's, it's just always. <laughs> there's also this is random, but for the for the longest time, I in several of the scenes, one of them in the, with the country house, the country triplex, and then <laughs> I think one of the the city square scenes. There's this guy all dressed in black looking down the chimneys. Oh yeah, so and what? I, I mean, I my first thought was robber. <laughs> yes, mine too. <laughs> so here's what so here's here's what's so interesting about this. So we we got this uh, for a long time. You've actually had a copy longer than we have because we would borrow a, a friend's copy. Oh. 
And they, what's interesting, that, that family is that they had, they were invested in a whole different set of characters than we were. And, and when you're invested in them, you know a lot more about them. And so I always assumed Robber, but I think, and maybe this is what we're saying, I, it's a ch- like a, ch- a chimney sweeper. Chimney sweep? That's, that's right. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be, right? Right. Right. But it, it looks suspicious. I mean, maybe that's typical chimney sweep attire. I, I, I've never seen a chimney sweep um, outside yeah. like Mary Poppins. Well, like, but <laughs> one of those things, like honestly, if 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 you are a chimney sweep, can't be too hard to moonlight as like a cat burglar. <laughs> like, you know, you got a I lot saw of that guy on my roof. I would be calling <laughs> yeah. the police. <laughs> um. So, but, but yeah, but th- that that speaks to the fact that. I, I had maybe just noticed him in one of the scenes is like, oh, well, that's obviously a robber. And then just like didn't pay attention. But but for them, like that's the main character in the, in the book is actually like a story about like this heroic chimney sweep. Yeah. Um, so one of my uh, favorite things about this book, I think, is w- what I think of as its um, dynamics, like the the way it moves. So and I know that sounds vague, but what I mean is, so obviously it's got this really strong kind of linear movement where yeah. on almost every single page, there's this road in the foreground. And so everyone is moving into town. So there's a strong, really strong kind of linear movement. But then it, it seems too like every single vignette, there's a lot of um, care and attention given to not just things in the foreground, but also there's a lot of stuff going on in the background too, yeah. like kind of out in the distance. So, so when you're on a particular page, you get this kind of foreground to background, like forward backward movement, yeah. but then you're also getting ready to move to the next one. So there, there's that like tension. And then on top of it, you've also got this like circular seasonal thing going on. So there's really, it reminds me of, um, hello lighthouse a little bit in that sense but there's this really strong sense of like motion and and dynamics in it that i think is really it's subtle but but really cool i think and it kind of works the uh i don't know how to explain it but the the color palette kind of works that way too right where like there's this kind of unity like the, the pages like I feel like your your eye is directed like they're they're all kind of the same shades and and the shading kind of moves you in different ways and like it's mm-hmm. the way that it's like divided up in cross section like the 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 like you know it, yeah it's 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 very well uh, plotted in the sense of just the the design of it you know not not even like the narrative arc but but, but that it seems too. like I have no idea who this um, the author is but in my mind they're like the the star protege of Richard Scarry and the Waldo yeah, yeah. guy, you know, <laughs> they sort of like took everything they know from, from those two and then kind of evolved the genre to something even more kind of sophisticated on a lot of different levels. Yeah. Hey everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of a thousand and one good nights. If you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories, Check out our website at 1001goodnights.com. That's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.